What is up, everybody? Your host, Jason Villanueva, here with the Kingdom Life Podcast. It is a very early morning for me here. I'm sipping some coffee, just ready to do this thing. Really excited about today's episode. Episode two is called The Kingdom Dynamic of Strength in Weakness, and we'll be focusing on how the Lord turns our weakness into strength. So, our oh snap quote for today is don't forget to pray today because God did not forget to wake you up this morning, <laughs> says Oswald Chambers. Hardcore, man. Hardcore. Three things just right up front. I always want to remind you to go to Facebook.com and join our Facebook group. You can search in the search box Kingdom Life Podcast group, or you can click the link from the show notes. I really want to try and build some online community. If you guys are liking the podcast, you want to have continued conversation, you want to connect with others who are listening, then join that Facebook group. Hopefully that thing will get rolling and uh, we can get some good stuff happening online uh, apart from the podcast. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You just search Kingdom Life Podcast and you'll find us there. Check out KingdomLifePodcast.com. You can sign up for our emails and also head over to our Contact Us tab and shoot us a message and then we'll be... Uh, reading some shout outs and thanking people for sending us emails as, uh, as we receive them here on the podcast. And then number three, download the worksheet for today's teaching with scriptures and notes. And we actually have some fill in the blanks today. And so you can click that link down in the show notes, get the worksheet. And if you have the opportunity, you can follow along. So our opening statement for today to get this thing rolling, the kingdom of God Flips things upside down and inside out, even making weakness a prerequisite for strength. So what in the world does that mean? How does that happen? We're going to dive into it. I want to start this by just talking a little bit about how I think that we have, or we often have a poor view of ourselves. And uh, sometimes we are demeaning towards ourselves. I think a lot of us have that Moses syndrome where when God approached Moses through the burning bush and then says, hey, I've chosen you, you're going to be this this voice for me to Pharaoh and I'm going to use you uh, as my instrument to communicate to Pharaoh and then you're going to you're going to free my people from the hand of the oppressor. And Moses goes into this thing where he's just like, well, I'm not good enough. <laughs> How are they going to know? Uh, why would they listen to me? I'm I'm poor in speech. And so he begins to to look at all of his flaws is what he does. And I know personally throughout my life, I found myself in some times where I was feeling super unworthy of the call of God on my life, feeling super unworthy of ministering in any kind of way, looking at all the things that I know that I've done, all of my sin, all of my flaws, all of my inabilities, I've looked at those things and I've allowed them to become my identity. I found my identity and my flaws and my shortcomings, and I have allowed those things to negatively affect myself, even so much as disqualifying myself from anything that God would call me to do. And I think the people of God have an issue with this. I think there are a lot of people who, quote unquote, sit on the sidelines or they don't do the things that maybe the Lord is telling them to do or showing them that he's made them to do because they're hyper 
focused on their flaws and their weaknesses and all of the areas where they're just not enough or they haven't done enough or they don't ever think they will be enough. And I'm just here to tell you that I believe the Lord wants to fix that mentality. The Lord wants to bring healing into those areas of our heart because let me just say this. Number one, you've been created with a glorious destiny in Christ Jesus. And ultimately, your glorious destiny is to be conformed into the likeness of Christ. So there is a work that is happening in your life. But not only is God doing this work in your life, not only does God want to do something great in you, he's also going to be doing something great through you. And so let me just say right out of the gate that greatness in the eyes of man may not be what greatness in the eyes of God is. So let's just have that at the forefront of our brain at this point in time. But the great thing God's going to do is you in you is going to transform into the likeness of his son. And then he's going to use you to minister to others through the giftings that he's given you. And you will minister from those places of brokenness where God has made you whole. And so without getting too much into that, because that can be an entirely different podcast. And as a matter of fact, I just gave you the title to one of our next podcasts called A Glorious Destiny in Christ Jesus. (laughs) So we in the kingdom experience a dynamic of God taking things and flipping them inside out and upside down and using the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, right? We know this scripture. And so what we do in the kingdom and what we do with Christ is we trade our weakness for his strength. That our weakness then becomes this, this prerequisite in order for strength to happen in our lives. We don't conjure strength from ourselves. We give our weakness and we trade that in to Christ for our strength. Scripture tells us here in Hebrews chapter 11, 32 through 34. And before I read this, let me just let me just paint this picture. So Hebrews chapter 11 is the it's the hall of faith. So if you've not ever read it, go read all of Hebrews 11. And essentially what the writer of Hebrews is doing is he's giving this laundry list of all of these people from the past who have, by faith, believed God for the greater thing, for the better thing. Uh, they, They believed in his promises. And there are people who saw some of that happen, and there are people who didn't experience some of uh, the promises, but they still believed by faith. And so it's all of these Bible characters that if you've grown up in church and and you've heard all the stories, maybe at some point you've been like me and you've venerated or put these Bible characters on this pedestal in the same way that, that I have, but it's this huge laundry list of all these people who've done these great things and they're recognized for having faith. And so you get Paul, who's, or not Paul, excuse me, you get the writer of Hebrews. Some people think it's Paul. And he, 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 he says this in verse 32. He says, And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith, right, so this is all about faith, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword. Now, let me just stop right there. Those are some hardcore things that some of these people did, like who shut the mouths of lions. Like, 
dang, that, okay, I get it. You shut the mouth of a lion. You made it in the Bible. Like, kudos to you. Good job, homie. <laughs> you quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, right? It sounds like one of those movie trailers. Um, but then you get this line right in the middle, in the middle of verse 34. And it says, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Look at this. It, it, another version says, who found strength and weakness. So you get these statements of these amazing things, administering justice, gaining what was promised, shutting the mouths of lions, whose weakness was turned to strength. Like, what? And that just kind of blew my mind when I read that and I thought about it. I was like, you know, it's interesting that in this big list of these big things and these great things, these there are people of faith who it was accredited to them as faith that they found strength in weakness, that their weakness was turned to strength. And you know what I think makes this such a big deal, that they found strength in weakness, is because I believe that weakness produces dependency. And so if you think back on episode one, if you've not listened to it, we talk about how we need to shift the way we see things in the kingdom and that we need to begin to source completely and totally source from Christ for all things, that he is our source for all things. And so I think this is such an interesting situation here with these men of faith because they turn their strength to weakness by realizing that they could not depend upon themselves alone. They could not function independently from God, but they had to depend on God for all things. And so let's just think about um, the, uh, the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They had faith, right? They had faith and they quenched the fury of the flames, but they weren't going in depending on themselves to get themselves out of the situation. They knew who their God was and depended on God to get them out of the situation. And of course we know there was a fourth man in the flames and it was a figure like the son of man. And so we believe Christ <laughs> rescued them from the fury of those flames. They were not dependent upon themselves to rescue themselves from the flame. They were dependent on God. And so I believe that in the kingdom, as we depend upon God, we see things begin to flip upside down. And this is by no means a, an exhaustive example of the kingdom of God and its upside down, inside out nature. This is simply one point that we're focusing on that weakness produces dependency. And so when we're dependent upon God, we can bring our weakness and he will turn it into strength. Matthew 26, 41, this is Jesus telling his disciples in the garden, he says, stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus is saying straight up like, man, the flesh is weak. There's weakness there, but the spirit is willing. And so submit that weakness to the spirit who's willing and allow your spirit to rule over your flesh. When we submit that weakness to the spirit of God, the power of God in us, it becomes strength. So we would say this, that our weakness is our flesh, 
but our answer is the spirit. Our answer is not stronger flesh. The answer isn't trying to strive to become stronger in your weakness. Like in the world, we think, oh, I'm weak. I need to go work out. And so we can go to the gym and we can eat better and we can exercise and we can get stronger. We can get a stronger body. And we say, well, I'm just going to will forth this, this strength. And then we go and we do the work. Now, let me tell you this, that in scripture, it tells us that we work to enter into rest, that we strive to enter into the rest of Christ. Like if we're going to do anything, let us, let us stop doing everything. <laughs> if that's, if that makes any sense, we need to stop striving we need to stop trying to will forth a stronger a stronger flesh and say, no, I'm going to have the willpower. We're going to make this thing happen. Ah! How many times has that worked for you to overcome sin or, or change your situation? We have to be dependent upon God for all things. There's that dependency factor of bringing our weakness to Christ and saying, look, I am weak, but you're strong. And so be my strength. Let me read this statement. Our source has never been an earthly Christ, but the heavenly Godhead made manifest on earth. So Jesus as our source isn't just this earthly Christ, but he's God in the flesh and he's a multi-dimensional being with all power for all things. And so we depend on Jesus. We don't try and will forth things from our flesh. We don't try and get stronger in the flesh. We submit that weakness and we trade that weakness into the power of God, the heavenly Godhead made manifest on earth. So here's an example in scripture of how this happens. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse eight and nine. And we have the apostle Paul who's having this experience and he's saying, look, I was sent this thorn in my flesh Uh, this messenger of Satan to torment me. And then he says this concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore I will gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. So Paul has this situation where he's got some weakness happening, right? And he's praying to God. He's praying to God. He's praying to God. He says he pleaded with the Lord three times. He's like, all right, I'm going to pray. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Jesus. And he brings this thing and then he brings it again. And then one last time he brings, he's like, ah, Jesus, take care of this, please. I'm pleading with you. Will you take care of it? And then Jesus just straight up says, Hey, look, my grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made, made perfect in weakness. And so I think Jesus is saying, look at that weakness and know that I'm going to bring power where there's weakness. Because you know what? Scripture tells us that God opposes the proud. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And God hates pride. And what is pride but somebody who exists independently from God and says, I've got this. I can do this without you. It goes back to that sourcing of self 
and where Jesus says that if anyone's going to be his disciple, they have to take up their cross daily, dying to self. We can't come puffed up in our abilities, in our so-called strengths, in our in our so-called knowledge, in our so-called wisdom. Again, Scripture talks about that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. This is that upside-down, inside-out kingdom dynamic where God says, you think you're wise, actually, it's that's foolishness. You know, later on in Revelation, Jesus is talking to the church of uh, Laodicea, right? And he says, you say you are rich. And that word rich, again, means fully resourced. And Jesus says, but actually, you're poor, you're pitiable, you're wretched, you're blind, and you're naked. And so there's something with this issue of pride that happens with this, where we're just like, no, I can figure this out. No, I got this. No, I'm good. And actually, you're not good, and you don't got this, <laughs> and you can't figure it out. And so the weakness we need to see as a prerequisite for Christ's power in us. This is what Jesus is saying. My power is perfected in weakness. Where is his power perfected? In weakness. When is his power perfected? When weakness is present. Weakness is the prerequisite for Christ's power in us. Look, we're empty so that we can be filled. We're weak so that we can be made strong. Our weakness is not our flaw. Our weakness is our opportunity for strength in him. Weakness is the opportunity for power to be made manifest in our life. And so I just would challenge you today to begin to look at the weaknesses in your life and say, God, what strength do you want to bring into this place of weakness? What are you trying to do in this particular area of my life? And I want to tell you guys a story just to end the podcast here today. And so the story I want to tell you is about when I first moved to Wichita, Kansas from Houston, Texas, and I knew that I was going to become a a campus pastor and that I would be teaching on a weekly basis. I had never taught a sermon. I preached an entire sermon in my life up to that point. I'd been on stage maybe twice and I'd given short talks, which was basically testimony. So I was telling story and there was nothing so involved. Well, then I moved and I became a part of this church plant in Derby, Kansas. And one of my responsibilities was to go on stage and give announcements. And then I was actually going to have to start preaching some sermons so that I could get a couple under my belt. And I remember being so afraid to go give announcements. And the pastor, he would spring it on me early in the morning without me even knowing what I was going to talk about. He'd say, hey, you're going to give announcements today. And he'd give me like three bullet points. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I remember that I had such stage fright getting up on the stage and getting in front of all these people and giving announcements. And then I remember my first couple of sermons just going out on stage and like faking it till I make it right. My mouth is dry. My palms are sweaty. It sounds like an Eminem song, right? (laughs) My mouth's dry. My palms are sweaty. My heart is beating out of my chest, right? I've got cotton mouth and it's like, I can barely even see three feet in front of me. I got tunnel vision and I am physically affected by this fear of speaking in public. And I remember after maybe my second or third sermon, I went to the back of the auditorium 
And, uh, I was so like upset that I was experiencing all of this stage fright and uh, what some people would probably call a phobia, right? More people are afraid of, of speaking, uh, public speaking than they are of death <laughs> is one of these stupid statements that you hear sometimes or whatever it is. But I remember going to God and saying, look, I'm going to do what you called me to do, regardless of how I feel or how I sound. If I sound like an idiot and I feel like I'm going to die every single time I step on stage, I know this is dramatic, but even if this is how I feel all the time, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it for you, God. And so, so be it. So be it. And I remember saying, and if you made me to do this, you are going to have to change this situation. You're going to have to make this thing different. God, you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to show up and you're going to have to change me and form me into the person that you want me to be. And it was interesting because as we, we launched that new campus and I began to preach and teach on a weekly basis, I did something that people say you end up doing, uh, without realizing it, but it's you, you find your voice, so to speak. And I guess I got more comfortable with who I was, but what I know is that all of that stage fright and all that stuff went away and I'm more comfortable on stage now than I've ever been teaching in public. And I even, I'm, I'm excited about it. Like I want to teach. I, I want to tell people about God. I want to help teach scripture, but God literally, I believe supernaturally changed that in me. And it's not that I did anything different. Here's what you have to understand about this is I didn't start going to these uh, Toastmasters meetings where you're giving speeches and people are critiquing you and you're, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any of these, this formal training or go through these classes or try and will forth or work towards better public speaking. All I did was continue to walk out in faith and depend on God every single week. I would get on my knees and say, God, please, please, please speak through me. And so all I did was I brought myself to the father in the state that I was. And I said, this is what happens. I mean, I told him, God, I get cotton mouth. I'm so nervous. My palms are sweaty. I get, the mic is shaking in my hand and my voice is trembling. God, but I'm, this is what I'm bringing. And I believe that in that time, bringing that weakness that God supernaturally turned it to strength. Now I know that maybe that doesn't sound like a story that's scripture worthy, <laughs> but there are many other times in my life where God has made me strong, where I've been weak in areas of sin in my life and my relationship with my wife concerning my kids and just everything else. So what if we took pleasure in our weaknesses? What if we actually took pleasure in our weaknesses? The Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 says, So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And so what if we had that mentality that our weakness is our strength, that our humility is the prerequisite to being lifted up? God shows uh, grace to the humble, right? He opposes the proud. He will exalt those who humble themselves, and he will humble those who exalt themselves. It's this upside-down, inside-out dynamic that we bring weakness, and God turns it to strength. That our weaknesses 
are the place where God wants to work and manifest his power. Because in that moment, in that time when he does that, the glory does not rest on self doing better, but on self dying and God showing his power in that area of weakness. And this is what the kingdom dynamic of finding strength and weakness is all about. That we come as weak, broken, empty vessels and God fills us and he makes us strong and he redeems our lives and he uses us for a purpose that is greater than ourselves. And so let us continue to die to self. Let us look at our weaknesses as strength. Let's take pleasure and say, yes, Lord, I am weak there. But in that place, I will become strong because you are my source of strength and not self. And so I hope you guys are blessed today. We are going to end in prayer, and that'll be our episode. So, Father, we thank you that you exist in, in such a way that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I don't totally understand how weakness is a prerequisite for strength. You, you would think, I would think that you would want to use strong people. I would think that you want to find those who are mighty and strength and, and knowledgeable and, and filled and capable and able. But you take those who are weak and broken and you manifest your power in those places, in those empty places. You say that you put rivers in wastelands and streams in deserts. So you take the empty, barren, lifeless places and you infuse not only life, but a source of life. You take a desert that has there's no water, no life. You, you put rivers in a wasteland, which means you bring the source of life into those places. And it's not just enough to sustain one life, but to sustain an entire ecosystem. <laughs> so, God, you're so good. We present our weaknesses to you this morning, today. As we listen to this podcast, we just say, yes, God, I'm weak. But I believe for strength in those places because, Jesus, you said your power is perfected in weakness. And so I give you my weakness and I say perfect your power in that place. And so, God, you're so good that you do these things. We love you. We thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you guys for listening to the Kingdom Life podcast. Like, subscribe, share, review, do all those fun things. And let us know you're listening. We appreciate you. Bye-bye. <laughs>